And now, Father, as we communicate what you have given us to communicate, we declare burdens removed, yokes destroyed, lives changed, souls saved, all for your glory. You are dedicated to us and you love us and you want to bless us because you want to bless us because you're a good God. And today I declare, Father, that scales would fall off of people's hearts and we will have open hearts and open minds to receive what you're going to do in our lives. Just like last week, it will be a continuation, Father, and and there will be dead dreams that will come alive in Jesus' name. And all of us that agree said amen and amen. Let's give God some praise for our pastors, Apostles Tony and Cynthia Brazelton. It does matter where you go to church. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right. In the presence of the Lord now. Now let's get uh, our hearts ready to receive. It doesn't matter where you go to church. Last week, uh, the, the word that the Lord gave me was that God is not a man. Say, God is not a man. Oh, God is not a man. And, and so this week I was praying over, uh, uh, actually last week when I gave uh, Elder Shawana, when I gave Alita the title, she said, is this going to be a part one and a part two? And I said, oh, I don't know. I honestly didn't know. I thought I was going to go somewhere else this week. Uh, but throughout the week, the Lord just kind of, you know, dealt with me and said, no, I, I need you to keep flowing in the vein where you are. So this is God is not a man part two. Say part two. So, so we're going to continue where we were on last week. There's some foundational scriptures, though, that we've been looking at for this year. On New Year's Eve, the word of the Lord came to us, to our church, on New Year's Eve and said that, that this year, say this year, this year would be a year of refreshing and a year of restoring. This year would be a year of refreshing and a year of restoring. So this is a year where God is doing some things for us. We get this from Psalms 126 and verse 4. The Bible says, now, Lord, do it again. Say, do it again. Do it again, Lord. Restore us to the former glory. May streams of refreshing flow over us until every dry heart is drenched Again, so we're, we're in this season where we're believing that, listen, uh, Mitch, like I was sharing last week, that in 2022, 2022 was a difficult year for a lot of people. And actually going all the way back to the beginning of the pandemic, it was like people lost some stuff. Like people kind of like, you know, we stopped even us. We haven't we don't have everybody coming back to the sanctuary yet. And once people stop coming to church, it's like they lost something along the way. Worshiping at home is cool. I, you know, I like it. That's fine. Virtual is all right. I do a podcast every morning. That's fine. That's cool. I can watch the live stream. Cool, cool, cool. But there's something about the presence of the Lord, right? As people just lost something along the way. And it's like they lost their praise. They lost a step. They lost something along the way, Dean. And and in this season, the word of the Lord for our house, say our house, is that this is a season of refreshing and restoring. Not only will you be refreshed, like God is going to revive those things which were alive but have been lying dormant, right? Right? That, yeah, there's this refreshing that, yeah, like, like the, uh, the apostle Paul said to his son in the faith, he said, hey, son, stir up the gift that is inside of you. That word stir up the gift is a, is a Greek word. If you break it down, it, it means like there's these embers that are lying dormant, like the fire was there, but you ever seen like a fire is just lying dormant and you got to agitate the fire a little bit. Like you got to poke that fire. You got to refresh some stuff, right? And, and this is a season of restoration where you're going to get some stuff back. Whatever the devil stole from you over the last few years, it is our, te- our season to get it back. It's a season of restoration. Watch this. And restitution. No, no. Not only are you going to give it back, but you got to pay it back with interest. You know what I'm saying? Like we're 
going back to the former glory and even another level of glory. Every dry area in your heart will be drenched again. I'm talking about like a fresh infilling of the Holy Ghost again. Like you're going to get your praise back, your dance back. It's coming back again. Say no dry places. I don't want no dry places. I'm talking about no dry pl- I don't want any area of my life to be dry or dormant. None of that. I'm talking about fresh, fresh wind, fresh fire, fresh anointing, fresh favor. Like get up every morning with a spring in my step, with a song in my heart, with a smile on my face, with a praise on my lips. Come on now. Every morning I got it going on. From the early morn to the break of dawn and on and on. You know what I'm saying? And it don't stop. Like, I mean, like, God's favor is on me. I'm talking about, yes, it's the favor of God. The season of refreshing and restoring for us. Amen to that. And then, and then God is not a man. We get that from Numbers 23 and 19. I told you last week, God is not a man. The Bible says, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he will perform it. If he declared it, he will make it good. God will make every word he's ever spoken over you, he will make it good. Everything he's promised over your life. Now, we're going to look at Lazarus. Say Lazarus. We're going to look at Lazarus today, but just like God spoke some stuff over Lazarus, God spoke some stuff over me. Just like God spoke some stuff over Lazarus, God spoke some stuff over you. And there's some things that God spoke over your life, prophesied over you when you were a young age and life happened and and you went to college and you did some stuff you weren't proud of. And then life happened and some of y'all got a divorce and you don't want to talk about life happens. And yet these things happen. And now, and and like, like you, those things you used to believe God for, you don't believe God for no more. And God says, I'm going to bring those things back to your remembrance. He brings it back. Why? Because God says, every word I spoke over you shall come to pass. My word is still good. My promise is still good. I'm not moved by what you did. It's not like God has to wait till Friday to know what you're going to do on Friday. He says, everything you would ever do wrong, I already knew it and I called you anyway. How could, how could, how could, this is what the devil does. The devil wants to get you over into guilt and shame and condemnation. When you do something wrong, God, the devil wants you to, to feel like you are disqualified. But how can you disqualify yourself from something you never qualified for? God didn't, God never called you because you was qualified. Say this, say Jesus qualified for me. Oh yeah, yes, Jesus qualified for me. Another scripture we looked at last week, Florence, is 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 13. And that, Bible, uh, that verse says that, watch this, when we are faithless towards God, God remains faithful towards us. Why? Because he cannot deny himself. What does that mean? What does that mean, Deanna? What does that mean? That means that he can't, when God looks at you, even if you do something wrong, when God looks at you, even if, like you feel terrible about it, when God looks at you, even if the devil is saying, you can't pray now, don't, you can't go into your prayer closet, you're not qualified. Your, your cousin called you and that one cousin that you didn't even want to answer, you look at the call ID and you was like, oh Jesus, you know what I'm saying? Like that one, that one. Everybody got one in the family, some people got two. And so, so you, you was like, I didn't even want to answer the phone. And now you said something to her that you shouldn't have said. And now the devil says, you're not qualified to go into the prayer closet. Let me tell you something, Kimani. She wasn't qualified before the phone call. And so, so no, when God, the text says, when God looks at you, he cannot deny himself. 
He says, no, that one right there, she's mine. Listen, I have some plans over her and what I said shall come to pass in her life. Say it's still good. Say it's still good. Everything God promised me, everything God spoke over me is still good. I may have messed up. Listen, I may have done a lot of things I'm not proud of, but it's still good. I'm still breathing. Watch this. And God is still working. When, 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 when the potter and the clay, you remember uh, the potter and the clay? Uh, uh, when, when the potter looked down, the Bible says, at the clay, it was marred in his hands. But watch this. It was still on the wheel. Yeah, yeah. God is still working on me. God, God is still working in me. Say amen to that. Amen. amen. So we dealt with all of that on last week. And then uh, one more scripture I want to give you before we get to John chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. You could throw this up on the screen if you have it. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. I'm going to read this to you from the Amplify. Oh, my God, this is good. It says, watch this. He, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you. Oh, watch this, watch this. Oh my God. I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not three times in any degree leave you helpless, nor let you down, nor relax the grip that I have on you, assuredly not. God is saying, listen, hey, I want you to know something, son. No matter what you've done, you're in my hand. And, and you're, I'm dedicated to you. And I'm more dedicated to you, Joe, than you're dedicated to you. And you are in my hands. And I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree let you down. I will not in any degree turn my back on you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will not in any degree relax the grip that I have on you. You are in my hand and nobody can pluck you out. Come on now. And watch this. And you are, you are locked up inside of there. And I will not, even when you do something wrong, God is saying not in any degree. Even when you do something wrong, God is saying, I will not relax it. Dean, I will not relax the grip that I have on you. Not in any degree. You are locked up inside of me and I am locked up inside of you and I am dedicated to you. Say amen to that. Say, God is not a man. Man, I'm saying, God is not a man. The whole point, for those of you that were not here last week, the whole point of the message was that God is not like us. <laughs> you know how we'll, we'll write somebody off. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we're trying to work with somebody, and then we're trying to work with somebody, and we're trying to work with somebody, and finally, like, like forget it then. Like, you know, if you ain't going to get it, you ain't going to get it. Like, you know, and we'll just have to let you go. And, and then we'll say stuff like, well, some people in your life for a, a, a reason, and some people for a season. You know, <laughs> I guess my season, bye, Felicia. You know, and we'll let some jokers go. But, 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 God is not like us. Oh, no, no. God will work on you. And God will, God will pursue you. God will track you down. God will send people to you. He will keep coming to you. And you keep doing something wrong, and he keeps coming. And you keep doing something wrong, and he keeps coming. And he will never give up on you. While there's air still locked up inside of your lungs, while there's blood still flowing through your veins, God is dedicated to you. Say amen to that. God will not fail you, not in any degree. Last week, we looked at John chapter 11. Let's go back there. John chapter 11, let's go back there. Let me begin at verse 4. Some of this will be a recap. Some of this will not. The Bible says in verse 4, when he, Jesus, heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. Many of you are very familiar with the story of Lazarus. Say Lazarus. 
Many of you are familiar with the story of Lazarus and how Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead and how fame went out. Fame went abroad because of this. As a matter of fact, there was so much fame that went out that the Pharisees, after this miracle, decided that they were going to kill Jesus. Like, like that was it. Like this was the straw that broke the camel's back for them. Like they were like, that's it. We're going to have to have this man killed. That's how much fame went out abroad. The, the Bible says, the text says, when Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, he said, this sickness will, will not end in death. It is for the glory of God that the son of God may be glorified thereby. Let me park right there for a minute. Let me talk about how God wants to glorify you so you could glorify him. Like, like too many times we identify with the people in the text that came to Lazarus, right, 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 Nikita? But sometimes I've told you before, you got to identify with Jesus in the text, right? And so, so, so Jesus in the text says this. He says, watch this. There's a situation that's about to happen and it's going to be a bad situation, a terrible situation. It's going to be a dead situation. But it's for the glory of God that I may be glorified thereby. God will anoint me to be the answer to the world's problems. God will anoint me. God, God will anoint me to, get, uh, to take him into every meeting, conversation, and activity. God will anoint me to take him into, into Zoom meetings, into, into, into rooms that I walk in and I know that destiny just walked into the room. You know what I'm saying? And so, so Jesus said, Jesus had this prayer, Lord glorify me that I may glorify thee. And so, so you got to get to the point where with humility, you can accept the grace and the favor of God, knowing that you are going to glorify the Lord in everything that you do. My friend Mitch right there, he was so gracious. I'm teaching my son the other night. I have Joshua with me, a 16 year old. I'm teaching him, Deanna, how to, how to work a room. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, like, you know, I know how to do this thing, right? So I'm like, Hey, come here. And I'm introducing him to everybody. And when I got to my friend Mitch, he said this to my son, he said, your dad is highly respected. Everybody in this room respects your dad. God has made my name great. Watch this. But everybody knows that I'm a man of God. So I can say, Lord, glorify me. Why? So that I can glorify thee. It's not about me. It's all about him. God will make your name great. God will exalt you. God will promote you. God will increase. I'm talking about increase, favor, advancement, acceleration, promotion in every area of your life. Why? For the glory of God. Why? Why? For the glory of God. Say amen to that. He said this sickness is not going to end in death. It's for the glory of God that the son of God may be glorified thereby. Now, now God is not a man. If that's what he said in verse four, that has to happen. Say it has to happen. Now we know he died, but verse four still has to happen. So we got to keep reading. All right, let me drop down to verse 21. We know the story. I shared this with you last week. Let me share it again. So he shows up. When he finally shows up, he had been dead for four days. Say four days. He was four days dead. You know what I'm saying? Like his body was thinking. Rigor mortis was setting in. And when he showed up, Martha says to him, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And, and Jesus says, okay, okay. I told you last week about the difference between the worker, say worker, and worshiper, say worshiper. Now, 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 Martha was a worker. Mary was a worshiper. And you need, in the church, we need workers and worshipers. We need both. We need both. And you should be both. And what you don't want to do is be doing one when you should be doing the other, right? And so, so if you fast, if you rewind the tape, one day Jesus was in their house, ministering in their house. And when Jesus is speaking, you should be receiving. 
Martha was doing the dishes. And Martha was upset and said, Jesus, my sister, I'm over here. You see how the dishes are piling up? And my sister's over here lying at your feet, lying at your feet. Can you tell my sister to come help me in the kitchen? He said, no, she's doing the needful thing. Martha, Martha, you are troubled by many things. Listen, if you're a worker, watch this, please, please get this. Do not get so busy doing the work of the church that you fail to be the work of the church. So, so, so don't, be, don't be so busy doing all of this work in the church that you miss out on the voice of God. You got to be discerning for the voice of God when God is moving. When God, You can't be so busy doing work that when God is speaking, you're missing out. Matter of fact, let me look at this camera. Some of y'all that are working right now, you, you're, you're going to watch this video later because you're working. Let, let me talk to you for a minute. Listen. I appreciate what you do. We all do. We thank God that right now you couldn't catch it live because you're working with our kids, you're working with our teens, you're doing other things. Thank you. But do not, do not ever miss out. Like you got to watch the tape, you got to watch it later, and you do need to make some time. For some Sundays, you need to be in the sanctuary. You need to make time to be into the, in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Say amen to that. All right, so Martha was working, and she was so busy working that she missed out on what Jesus was saying. So Jesus said this. He said, she said, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, verse 22. Uh, then she said this. This is why you got to be careful not to just be like a religious person, because religious people know how to talk a good game. Religious people could be in here, and I could say, God is good. And y'all say, I say all the time, and y'all say, yeah, but, but then the Holy Ghost is moving and you ain't receiving. And so, so, so she was talking a good game. This is what she said. But, but Jesus, uh, Lord, if, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, verse 22. But even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Ooh, that sounds good. Say it sounds good. It sounds good. Verse 23, Jesus said, okay, your brother will rise again. Oh, let me check. Let me, it sounds like faith, but I'm not sure. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to speak words of faith from a believing heart. If you speak words of faith, but you don't believe it, they're empty words. So he was like, well, let me do it. Let me do a faith check real quick. Let me see if you believe this. He says, okay, your brother will rise again. Let me see what you say to that. Then verse 24, she said, well, I know that he's going to rise again in the resurrection on the last day. So say she missed it. He tried again. He tried again. I was like, okay, let me, let me, let me, hold hold on, hold on. Let me try it again. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Believeth thou this? Like, uh, let me try it again. You know what I'm saying? And then she said, yeah, Lord, I believe that you're the Messiah. He was like, man, forget it. Forget it. Let me go to the other sister. Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like she was talking all this stuff, but he was like, he, he got nothing out of that conversation. He's over here trying. He was like, forget it. Let me go to the other sister. And so empty words, say this, say empty words will get you nowhere with God. You have to speak words of faith from a believing heart. Verse 32. Now, now he went to the other sister, right? So he goes to Mary, and when he reached there, now watch this. She said the same 12 words. I, I, I told you last week, this meant that they'd been talking. You know what I'm saying? They was talking. You know, if Jesus had been here, our brother would not have died. You know that, right? Yeah, I know, I know. You know, had he been here, girl, let me tell you something. People's mourning in the house crying. Now, Jesus, he ate our food. Every time he comes to Jerusalem, he all up in our house, we set up his bed. I set, I give him the pillow like he likes it, you know what I'm saying? I make sure that, that everything, and now had he been here, our brother would not have died. So they was talking, but watch this, watch this. When Jesus walks up to her though, because she was a worshiper, say worshiper. She said the same 12 words, but she didn't say it from the same position. 
She said the same 12 words. She didn't say it from the same posture. She fell down at Jesus' feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus was like, oh, glory, I got to do something about this thing. He was moved. He started crying. Jesus wept. He was moved with compassion because she touched him. Watch this. Watch this. Oh, glory. Watch this. Worship will touch God in a way that work never will. I love you. I thank God for you. I need you to do all the things that you do here. All of our ministries, we need people in the men's ministry, women's ministry, singles ministry, got it, parking lot ministry, all of that. All of that work is great. Say work is great. But worship will touch God in a way that your work never will. You need to, there, there are moments when it comes time to worship that you need to worship. There are moments where the power of God is moving that you need to, your worship will touch God in a way that your work never will. Jesus was moved with compassion. Verse 34, and Jesus said, where have you laid him? And they said, come see. And, and, and so, so watch this. I, I told you last week that you have to take God. God to your place of pain. You have to take God to the place where you stop believing. When he stopped breathing, they stopped believing. And there's some people even right now, I told you last week, that while I'm preaching, while I'm preaching logos, at the same time, the Holy Spirit is dropping rhema in your spirit. And he's reminding you of things you haven't thought about in 10 years. Some of you, he's taking you back all the way to where you were a little girl and you were in that church, I don't know who I'm talking to, and people spoke over you and they prophesied over you and you forgot all about it. And while I'm talking, the Holy Ghost is bringing it back. You know why? Because he's saying, I'm still gonna bring it to pass. But you have to take God to that place where you stop believing. You have to give God access to your place of pain because God will never force himself on you. God God is looking for you to open up your heart. Diane, if we don't open up our heart, God won't do it because God will never force his best on on us. And so watch this. If worship was forced, if God made us worship, it would be empty worship because it would be manipulated. And so if God made us give, then it wouldn't be a sacrificial offering because he made us do it. So it has to be an act of our own will. And so God is looking for our will. God is looking for us to open up access to the place of pain. Last week here at the altar, it's like God was performing surgery. And God is going to do it again today. This altar was full of people and the power of God was touching and healing and delivering and setting free. And God was taking people all the way back so that they could go all the way forward. And God, and people were opening up their hearts. And I'm, I'm saying like we have to give God access to our place of pain. And so then the Bible says, verse 39, Jesus said, take away the stone. But then Martha, the sister of the dead man, said, Lord, the body's stinking by now. Here is Jesus getting ready to do something supernatural, Manny. Jesus is, is about to raise the dead. And here comes this person that's working and not worshiping, always working, doesn't know how to hear the Holy Ghost, doesn't know how to discern what God is doing. It's always like, like interrupting people when they worship. You know what I'm saying? And so, so here, Mary is about, oh my God. We have, and Jesus said, roll the stone away. And, and Mary's like, oh, oh, oh. and Martha comes like, hold on, hold on. Hey, before you do that, the body's thinking already. We, we, listen, I know that, that we, we don't want to go back. It's like, like, but if you don't go back, you can't go forward. 
Like you are going to have to go back and open up that place that you closed. And the text says you got to roll away your own stone. Because Jesus was not going to roll away the stone. Those of you that are watching online, say this. Say, I will roll the stone away. You have to roll the stone away to your own heart. You have to give God access to the stone. And so once they got there, listen, I know that this is a season of refreshing and restoring. This is a season of refreshing and restoration for us, but we have to give God access to whatever needs to be refreshed and whatever needs to be restored. Because if we don't give, if we don't give him the access, then God won't do it and it won't be God's fault. It will be all ours. We have to roll away the stone, verse 33. And when he had said this, first he said, okay, Lord, I'm going to say this out loud so they can hear me because you always hear me. And when he had said this, he said this. He said, Lazarus, come forth. Somebody said he had to call him by name because, you know, other jokers would have jumped up too, right? He said, Lazarus, come forth. The Bible says the dead man came out. Uh-oh. Say, uh-oh. uh-oh. James, the text says, uh-oh. The dead man came out, but his hands and his feet were still wrapped up in strips of linen, and he, he still had cloth around his face. He looked like a mummy because they prepared the body. You know what I'm saying? For death. So he was wrapped up like a mummy. And then Jesus said, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Another translation says, more familiar translation, loose that man and let him go. Loose that man and let him go. Here's a few things we can glean from this. Let me give you some nuggets here. I've been giving you a couple throughout the way, but I'm gonna give you some more now. Are you ready? All right, number one, there's nothing God can't do. I don't care what your problem is, your issue is, your situation is, your circumstance. It's not, there's nothing God can't do. Mark 9 and 23 says all things are possible for him who believes. Dean, where, where, that word, that Greek word uh, where it says all things, Mark 9 and 23, I looked up the word all there, right? I looked it up in Greek. I looked it up in Hebrew. I looked it up in Aramaic. You know what it means? It means all. It means A-L-L, all, right? All things are possible to him that believes. That means if I can believe it, it's possible. Now, now watch this, watch this. But the opposite is also true. Some people, I don't know why, some people don't believe that healing is for today. True story. Some people don't believe, oh, healing, that's like, that died with the New Testament. Okay, so healing is not possible for you because you don't believe it. Healing is possible, it's just not possible for you because you don't believe it. Now, now, hey, I'm not going to let you hold me back. You know what I'm saying? Now, all things, A-L-L, all things are possible for me because I believe God. You got to expand your capacity to believe God to where you're holding nothing back from God. All things, say all things. Right now, while I'm talking, God is showing you, you operating on a level. Come on now. I don't know who I'm talking to. If that's you, give God some praise for it even now. God is saying, I'm going to bring that thing to pass. All things. Say all things. Number two, number two, you may have given up on God, (laughs) but God didn't give up on you. How do I know? How do I know? How do I know? Well, when he stopped breathing, they stopped believing. They gave up on God. 
When Jesus, even when Jesus showed up, instead of saying, hey, Jesus, you here now. Oh, there's nothing you can't do, man of God. They didn't say that. They didn't say, hey, man of God, there's nothing you can't do. The mourners are here. The body, rigor mortis is setting in. But I know that there's nothing you can't do, man of God. Let me speak to you. Let me encourage you. Let's go over to the tomb. Let me open up the thing for you. I want you to speak to my brother. I want you to call that body. for. No, they didn't do that. They stopped, but they gave up on God. But he didn't give up on them. I'm telling you, listen, even though you stop thinking about it, I don't know who I'm talking to. Listen, I don't know. Even though, like that business, you was like, oh, maybe I, I just, I'm too old now. I'm too old now. No, you're still breathing. You're still breathing. You ain't too old. Listen, you get, even though you gave up on it, God didn't give up on it. And God is ready to resurrect some dead stuff. We serve a God that gives life to the dead. Say amen to that. And so, so they had given up on God. And, and, but, but watch this. Number three, it's never too late for God because God is God. It's not over until God says it's over. Unless Tony, God said it's over. Unless Tony, uh, God said, stop believing, then, then we just got to continue to believe God. Until God says, okay, hey, that's it. That was not me. It's over. Uh, uh, then you got to continue to believe God. Now, sometimes you're going to miss it. Right? Sometimes you're going to be believing God for something and then God will have to tell you, hey, that wasn't, that wasn't me. You, that was just you. Okay, stop thinking, you know, stop believing that because I never told you to do that in the first place. So, Mitch, I'll give you an example of that. So, in, in 2000, uh, 2007, I think, yeah, 2007, General Vi came down to promote Isabella and I on the same day. I got promoted to W4. She got promoted to uh, captain, I think. And while we were there, uh, General Vi was working with uh, uh, Brian Donahue to get me up to the Pentagon to G357. And then while we were there that same day, he went and go talk to General Foley. He came back. He said, hey, you still on post? I said, yeah. He said, hey, man, Foley done talked to the First Corps commander, and you got to go to First Corps. They put you on orders. You go on the First Corps. Now, I can get you out of the orders if you want me to, but, you know, that's not going to look right. And I was like, all right, nah, all right, fine, I'll go. But even though I was on orders, my whole church was praying against it. The devil is a liar. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know how we do. The devil is a liar. <laughs> Jesus is the most, hey, hey, now nah, you ain't going to no, you ain't going to watch my, my, my pastor at the time, hey, son, you ain't going, Bishop Peoples, you ain't going to Washington State, son, the devil is a lie. We was all fasting, praying. Listen, but that wasn't God. Like, I mean, I needed to go. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes we just be praying against stuff and it's not even God. So if God says, hey, stop, that, you know, you, you asking for something that's not, if God says stop, stop. But if God don't say stop, you got to keep believing. If God, it's not over until God says it's over. Say amen to that. Amen. Number four, God is looking for your faith. When he showed up, God is looking for your faith. He was working with Martha. He was trying. Come on, girl. Can you believe? Like, you know, believe. He said, oh, is that what you say? He's going to rise again? I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Believeth thou this? He was trying. God is looking for your faith. God is looking for you to believe. God is look the Bible says when, when Jesus comes back, he's going to be looking for faith on the earth. When God looks at you, he's looking for faith from you. Elder Georgia earlier said, uh, uh, God, all of God's promises are yes and amen. I'm going to go there here in a minute. All of God's promises are yes and amen. Number five, or oh, when I got to this point, I had to high five myself. Let me slow down on this point. Number five, God wants you to be free. Not only does he want you to be alive, he wants you to be free. Holly, when Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, he popped up. He was alive, but he was wrapped up in dead stuff. 
God doesn't want you to just be born again and still be wrapped up in dead stuff. Some people in this room, you're alive, but you're locked up in the stuff that used to carry you around. You're, you're alive, but you're dibbling and dabbling between two worlds. You're born again, but you're still living in sin. You're born again, but you're carnally minded. You're born again, but you're wrapped up in dead stuff. Jesus said, loose that man and let him go. Listen, God doesn't want you to just be born again. God wants you to be free. Say, I'm free. And then, and then number six, for you to be free, you need some faith-filled friends along the journey. You got to surround yourself with people, Shawana, I say it all the time, of like, precious faith. You need to be part of a community of believers that are going to believe God with you. Where do I get this from? Well, Jesus said, loose that man and let him go. What was he saying? He wasn't saying, Lazarus, get yourself loose. Mm. He was saying, Lazarus, you alive but you wrapped up in dead stuff and you can't make your own self free. You need some people around you. Come on now. He was locked up in dead stuff and he told the people around him, hey, go get that stuff off of him. Loose that man and let him go. You know what? Come here, James, for a minute. Listen, you need some people around you. This is why you need a body of believers. You need to turn around, turn around. You need some people around you that are going to, God will wake them up in the middle of the night and say, James Reed. And here I am. I'm in Haymarket, Virginia, calling out the name of James Reed. What am I doing? I'm loosing this man. I'm unwrapping in this stuff. You need to be in a church where people are going to be like, give me that thing. Let me take this off of you. Come here, son. Come here, daughter. Hey, sis, let me pray with you. Hey, sis, you can call me whenever you need to call me. I'm here for you and you're here for me. You're not in this thing by yourself. You can't just let your own self go. Some of you are so bound, you need somebody that's going to loose you. The Bible said, loose that man. And let him go. You need some people around you that are going to set their faith in agreement with you. You need some people around you that are going to believe God when you feel like giving up, when you think like the dream is dead. You need somebody around you to say, girl, you got to keep on believing. Did God tell you to stop? Did God tell you to give up? God didn't say that thing. Let me, well, well listen, wipe them tears off your face. It's time to believe God. Let's go back into the prayer closet. Let's fall down. Come on. I will call with you. I will pray with you. I will be there for you. Loose that man and let him go. You need some people around. You need some people. You need some faith-filled friends. You need some people that are not dream killers. You need some people that are going to help you resuscitate your dead dreams. You need some people that are going to call you. The Lord, God told me to call you. What's going on, girl? Oh, I'm good. No, don't say it's all good because if, you, if it's all good, God wouldn't have told me to call you. What's going on? Well, no, it's all good. Stop joking. Now tell me what's going on. And then they start crying. You need somebody. Why? Because you need people around you that are sensitive to the Holy Ghost, that are going to know how to help to free you and liberate you so you can get to the point where you walk with God and be free. Say amen to that. Hallelujah. All right, let me give you my last scripture. Say last scripture. Here's a warning, though. Here's a warning. I'm like the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul said, finally, my brethren, and went on for three more chapters. You know what I'm saying? So I'm saying, 
I'm getting, just letting you know right now. Last scripture, last scripture, but you never, you never know with me. All right, so 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 1, verse, verse 20. I'm going to read this to you in the NIV. I'm going to read it to you in the Passion Translation. This is what the Bible says. Last scripture as we close. This is what the Bible says. For no matter how many promises God has made, it's up there. Watch this. No matter how many. It doesn't matter. Like, like you've got a whole lot of promises. It doesn't matter, Ricky. It doesn't matter how many promises God has made. Watch this. They are yes in Christ. Now, let me be honest with you for a minute. This was about two years ago that I studied this verse. And, Ricky, before I studied it, I used to think, why yes and amen? Like, that's like a... Like, we don't need both. You know what I'm saying? Like, like all God's promises are yes and amen. Like, well, yes and amen. Like, isn't that like a, like, I didn't understand it. Then I had to study it. And as I was studying, I was like, ah, oh, I got it now. Look what it says. God, every promise that God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by who? Oh, I was like, oh, snap, I never got it before. Okay, okay, so all God's promises in him, they're already yes. yes. And God is looking for an amen from me. What does amen mean? I agree. What does amen mean? I, I believe I receive. What does amen mean? I set my faith in agreement. Same, same scripture from the Passion Translation. For same scripture from the Passion Translation. Throw that up. For all God's promises find their yes of fulfillment in him. And his yes and our amen ascend to God. When, our, when his yes and our amen ascend to God, we bring him glory. So watch this. So the text is saying that, what, Florence, when his yes and our amen, both of them together, ascend to God, we give him glory. It has to be, it's his yes is already there. Why? Because God is not a man. So his yes, every promise God has spoken over your life already has a yes on it. What are you waiting on? God is waiting for your amen. God is waiting for you to receive what the insight, the wisdom, the revelation, the knowledge, the understanding. God is waiting for you to see yourself. God is waiting for you to believe what he believes about you. God is waiting for you to look in the mirror and see yourself as Jesus is, so am I in this world. God is waiting for you to believe what he believes about you, and God is waiting for you to put an amen on it. And so, 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 so watch this. Look at somebody say, put an amen on it. Every promise God has spoken over you. Listen, God had a promise for Lazarus. What was the promise for Lazarus? This sickness shall not end in death. It is for the glory of God that the Son of God may be glorified thereby. That's what he spoke over Lazarus. But there's some things that he spoke over you. And, and so, so now what you got to do is receive the promises, of, no matter how many there are. There's, there's not too many. It doesn't matter how many promises. All of his promises come with a yes on it. And God is looking for our amen. Say amen. God is looking for you to say amen to what? Listen, let's stand up all over the building. Let's stand up all over the room. I want you to take a moment. I want you to take a moment to think about what God is speaking to you about right now. God is showing you some stuff about you. God is ministering to you about you. Take a moment to think about it. Those of you that are at home, stand up. Open up your heart. Take a moment to believe and receive what God is saying to you. Now, you got it? Can you see it? Now, God is saying, hey, son, hey, daughter, everything I just showed you already has my yes on it. 
what I'm looking for from you is an amen. Now, open up your mouth and give God an amen, then give God a hallelujah and give God some praise. Come on, you set your faith in agreement with God. Oh, glory. Speak this over your own life. Prophesy to yourself. Say, Father, I thank you for revealing to me your purpose and your plans for my life. These are things that were birthed in your heart from the foundations of the world. You reveal them to me. I believe and I receive them. I know that every promise is coming with your yes. They already have your stamp of approval. What you are looking for from me is faith. So right now, I say out loud, amen. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Listen, if God was dealing with you, just real quick, I'm not going to pray for a lot of people up here. I'm going to just do one prayer real quick. But if that was you, if God is just dealing with you about some things, God revealed some things to you that haven't happened yet. And he took you all the way back years ago. Some of you all the way back to where you were a child. And and, and God is going to seal the deal. If that's you, run up here to the altar. Let me just pray over you real quick. And we're going we're gonna to set our faith in agreement with you. We're going to seal the deal. We're going to call it done. We're gonna, you're going to believe and receive. Say amen to that. Hallelujah. Come on. If that's you, if that's you, that's you. Hurry up. Hurry up. Let's get up here. The music ministry is coming. The praise team is coming.